Recorded live. There's no 
Somebody needs to write this down in here tonight. God will add a twist to your life. Now you say, Apostle, what are you talking about? Sometimes you may get a drink, and a drink is all right or whatever. But uh, then somebody come in and put a twist of lemon or a twist of lime to just kind of give it a extra kind of special kind of something. God, being a Christian, God will put a twist on your life, and, and one of the twists that God will put on your life is a eager expectation for future events. The scripture lets us to know that with God, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. So what happens as you move and walk with God, you find yourself, if you're moving and walking with him right, you'll find yourself excited about what he's about to do next. You'll find yourself just kind of bubbling. If, you, if you're not looking forward to the future, if you're not looking forward to what God's next move is in your life, then uh, something is wrong. Because as children of God, we should be eagerly expecting the next moves of God. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we have 
started our most recent topic entitled, That Was My Case, This Is My Case. That was my case. So many times, if we are not very careful, we can get caught up in past events, whether our past events, whether someone else's past events, or people's past mistakes, people's past shortcomings, people's past failures. But we have to be sensitive with God because understand that God is able to change people in an instant. God is able to change places. God is able to change things in an instant. Don't think that just because we as a nation are enjoying and are doing doing real well and, you know, a lot of people look at the United States as the, you know, whatever they look at us. Don't think that God can't change that in an instant. There are some people that have gone from being broke on Monday to being multimillionaires on Tuesday. And God says you can turn that around, Robert, because there are those who have gone from hundreds and hundreds of millions, billionaires on Monday to being flat broke on Tuesday. God can change things in an instant. There are people that have gone from sick and on their deathbed to feeling just fine the next day. And there are individuals that have been feeling just fine and dropped dead on the next day. So you, you want to keep in mind that, that, that God, though he does not change, he is constantly changing things. He's constantly changing people. He's constantly changing places. He's constantly changing things. And always keep in mind with God that God can take anything he wants to and do anything he wants to with it. We praise God. Okay. All right. So that was my case. This is my case. We looked at capital A, Manasseh and Ephraim, and we thank God. Uh, that's where we are, Manasseh and Ephraim, and understanding the significance of Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh from the Hebrew meaning to forget, to forget. Now, these were the two sons that were born to Joseph in Egypt before the children of Israel arrived. God blessed him with Manasseh, his oldest son, and Ephraim, his second son. Ephraim means fruitfulness. So what you had is you had two very important dynamics working, and there's much rhema word that we can glean from the names of these two young men. Manasseh, Joseph said, because God has made me to forget all my father's household and all the trouble that I experienced there. And then Ephraim, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And, and it's very important, children of God, that we have our Manasseh before we have our Ephraim. See, it's very important that we learn how to forget some stuff that has happened to us before God bless us with some stuff that he wants to happen to us. Because if not, God give you your Ephraim before you have your Manasseh, you'll still be complaining about what went on. Here God has blessed you and made you fruitful, and you still complaining about some stuff that went on. And that's what happens sometimes with people. When they, they don't receive blessings from God, or they don't, you know, they, don't, they don't receive things in God's timing, you know, just like the Bible talks about humility comes before honor. You see jokers that get a lot of honor before they have experienced a lot of humility. They're very dangerous because they're liable to do anything at any time. See. So God has an order. God always has a foundation before he builds a building. God always has a foundation. And God said, Robert, make sure you annex that. Let my people know I always have a proper foundation before I build a building. You, you, you look in scripture. You'll always see that God has certain things that come first. It's more blessed to 
give than to receive. Giving has to come before receive. I mean, uh, it, it, uh, um, receiving, have, you know, and I asked God years ago, I said, Lord, why? He said, because receiving must come before giving. If you give, that means that you have already received because you can't give what you don't, what you don't have. Study comes before teaching. Why? Because you can't teach what you don't know. Going a place precedes leading others because you can't lead where you don't go. Now, it's the difference between leading and sending somebody. So God has always drawn near unto God. There's your foundation, and then God will draw near unto you. There's your building. God said, you got to come closer to me. You sitting back, you keep telling me to come closer to God, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to build with the improper foundation. The proper foundation for getting God to come closer to him, come closer to, to you, is that you first come closer to him. You and I. So we're looking at Manasseh's and Ephraim's. We looked at Genesis 41 and 51, and we're going to look at Philippians 3 and 13. Because the Paul, Apostle Paul talks about this same type of thing in the New Covenant. A lot of things in the Old Covenant. Spirit of God just be saying them with a little different twist in the new covenant. That's a little different twist. Philippians 3 and 13, Paul writes, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Well, what is it? Ephraim? <laughs> you got to see this thing through God's eyes. The it is the Ephraim. The it is the the, the fullness of the blessings of God. The it, the, the it is the fruitfulness that God has on the other side of your suffering. He says, I do, not, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Paul said, I, I understand Manassas. I understand how to deal with the Manassas in my life. That stuff that went on way, way back then, the mistakes I made, and all that I learned. I'm forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. What's ahead? Ephraim. Manasseh first. Then Ephraim. We're still talking about Manasseh and Ephraim. God's saying the same thing to us. A lot of times he just said it a different way. Just like we went over yesterday how that God spoke to Pharaoh, gave him two dreams, but was saying what? Same thing. Same thing. Capital way, Manasseh and Ephraim. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, again, we thank you, Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. We thank you, Father, for the privilege and the honor to be able to experience it. We have offered up to you the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise. We present our bodies to you, Father, and we thank you today. We pray, Father, that as we study once again to show ourselves approved unto you, you will bless us with wisdom, knowledge, understanding, comprehension into the depths of your word. That we may understand you better, that we may understand our relationship with you better and that we may walk even more circumspectly before you forgive us of our sins father which we all have grievously committed against you in one 
fashion or another. And we humbly ask that you will continue to just lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your namesake. These is our prayer. We count these things done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen and amen. Philippians chapter 3. Paul deals in verses 1 through 11 with what he has learned about the flesh. Now, you need to understand something on the sound of my voice, that unless God show you, you will never understand the flesh. You won't understand what it is. You won't understand how, how upsetting it is to God. You won't understand how weak it is. When we're talking about the flesh, we're talking about man's sinful nature. We're talking about that part of us that listens to the devil. That part of us that listens to demons. That's why we sin. We don't sin because the Holy Ghost told us to sin. God says, God forbid, I would never, I would never do such. When we sin, we listen to the devil and his angels, in other words, the flesh. When we listen to the Holy Spirit, we are listening to God. That's our new nature. The flesh is our old nature. Paul in verses 1 through 11 said no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. No matter how big it may be, no matter how many people may be celebrating it, if it came from the flesh, at the end of the day, end of the day, it profits nothing. At the end of the day, only what has been done through the power of the Spirit of God, only what has been done through the unction of the Spirit of God, is going to profit us anything. The Bible says the flesh counts for nothing. Spirit gives life. Paul says no confidence. In the flesh. Bible says that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You say, Apostle, wait a minute. What are you saying? I'm saying that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself. There's nothing you can say. There's no place you can go in and of yourself that pleases God. You can go give all your money to the poor. You can go visit all the sick people. You can go volunteer and do community service. If it's out coming from the flesh, it doesn't please God. It's only what we do as we are led and unction. The Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Why? Because that's all God wants out of us. Anything other than that, God don't want it. If anything other than that, God wanted it, Jesus would have had it. Jesus never operated in the flesh, in the sinful nature. Why? Because he didn't have it. Remember, Jesus came in the likeness of sinful man. In other words, he looked like one of us sinful men. He walked around like one of us sinful men. If you didn't have a revelation from God, he might have even sounded like one of us sinful men. But he had no sin in his thoughts, in his words, in his deeds. That's why men couldn't kill him. He had to kill himself. Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. Spirit go. <laughs> spirit went on back to God. Three days later, 
same power. Spirit, come on back in the body. Body came, came on back to life. Jesus is the only one can do that. Jesus is not the first one to raise from the dead. Now he raised Lazarus from the dead. Raised uh, somebody in a coffin. They were carrying a coffin. Jesus touched the coffin. They came back from the dead. He's not the first one to raise up from the dead. He's the first one to raise himself up from the dead. Come on, saints. Let's close this message. Then when we kick off at verse 12, Paul begins to talk about Ephraim and Manasseh. You say, Apostle, I don't see Ephraim and Manasseh in verse 12. You got to see it through the spirit, my brother or my sister. A lot of things God say, you got to see it through the spirit. I was talking with one great woman of God earlier today. She asked me a question. She said, hey, Apostle, how was it that uh, when Jesus rose from the dead, he was able to hide himself from his disciples. These disciples had been with him for years. And they, they, I, I told her, I said, well, I said, woman of God, God has the, the power to hide from us anything he don't want us to see and to show us anything he want us to see. God is just that awesome. God can put something because God, you know, it, it's, it ought to be obvious. We got a seen realm and then there's an unseen realm. God said, that's for y'all. God said, because nothing in all creation is hidden from my eyesight, God said, Robert, I see demons, can you? I'm like, no, nah, Lord, and I really don't want to see now unless you uh, you just really feel fit to show me one. God said, Robert, I see angels. You? I'm like, no, nah, Lord, I can't say. But I, I believe what you say in regards to them. God said, Robert, I see hell right now. Do you? I'm like, no, nah, Lord. You know, and hope that I don't have to. God sees everything. We see you know, what he allows us to see. Many of us, God said, Robert, if I was to show most of you all what was going on in the supernatural realm, a lot of you would have to be put in a mental institution. A lot of you would kill yourself. A lot of you would, would be completely, complete, you, 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 so every now and then God would show his disciples something and they would be crying out in fear. So God you know, he don't he don't like to be be scaring us a whole lot. Come on now, what kind of parent you you out there, you like creeping around your children window late at night and, and jumping up outside in the dark and scaring them. Something wrong with you. God don't like scaring us. Now he will every now and then. He don't want us to be afraid, but every now and then God will do some stuff. He used to do it with his disciples. That'll freak us out. And see, that's because we haven't yet been made perfect in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. The more perfect we've got to look, Robert, the more perfect you become in love, the more I can show you and it won't scare you. Because perfect love casts out all what? Fear. So we've got the reason why God don't show some of us certain things is because we, not, we haven't been perfected to a place where he can show us without freaking us out. God doesn't take pleasure in freaking us out. He can Man, God could make some stuff, show us some stuff more terrible than uh, the walking dead. Come on. Manasseh and Ephraim right here. You getting ready to see it, children of God. You getting ready to see it. Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this. Now, this is your... Before your, your Ephraim comes, 
Again, Ephraim is what? God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And what God is taking me back to is that there was a time when Joseph had not yet been made second in command in all Egypt. In other words, his, the fullness of his God-ordained destiny had not yet manifest. Well, Paul is talking the same thing here because that same thing goes on with you and I as children of God. I'm not the man I'm going to be. You're not the, the man or the woman you're going to be. God has got some higher heights. God has got some deeper depths. Oh, we may be doing better. Hopefully I, I'm better than I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But God, this Christian walk is a walk of continual learning. It's a walk of continual maturing. It's a, it's a, it's a walk of continual discovery. And Paul is humble enough and in tune enough with the Spirit of God to understand that I haven't obtained all of this. Joseph knew that God had some great things in store for him because God showed him way back when he was 17 through the dreams. But he spent a lot of time in between 17 and 30 not seeing that. And I'm hearing Joseph in the Spirit, not that I've already obtained all this, not that I've already obtained all of this that God has promised me. But listen at what Paul says. Or have already been made perfect. He said, but I press on. God wants you and I to press on because God said, look, the only way you're going to get to the goodies that I got for you, you got to press on. The only way you're going to get to the maturity that I have for you, God says, you got to press on. God said, I got some very, very beautiful, wonderful things for you, but you have to press on. Much like an Easter egg hunt. Easter egg hunt, you don't get everything all at one time. You don't find all the Easter eggs at one time. You know, you, 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 you follow, you know, you follow and you find one and then you keep right on running and you keep right on searching, you keep right on seeking, you find another. Then at the end of the day, we count up these eggs. Well, that's what kind of what we got to do, children of God. We got to keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Christ took hold of us. To bring us into our God-ordained destiny. Christ took hold of us to bring us into perfection. Christ took hold of us to make us the man or the woman that he wants us to be. Christ took hold of us to save us. Christ took hold of us to edify. He took hold of us that we may be ushered into the beautiful things that God has for us. We couldn't have got there on our own. You know, you mess around and somebody, somebody uh, get hit upside the head and they can't see. You know, they'll be groping around, stumbling around. You grab them by the hand, put them in your car and drive them home or to the hospital or wherever. But you who can see have to grab hold of them to take them to the place that they, they need to be because they can't do it on their own. You mess around and let somebody hit you upside the head in your own town and you go blind. You couldn't get home on your own. Right in your own city that you grew up in. Take you five miles away from your house, put you out somewhere. Somebody hit you upside the head or blindfold you. You and, and say, all right, now get home. You can't even drive. Be walking, falling all in ditches. You don't know where you're at. You don't know how Christ took hold of us. That he might bring us into the place that God destined for us. 
and he knew that we could never get there on our own. So Christ had to take hold of us. So with Christ taking hold of us, look at verse 13, saints, and this is, this is where the... This is where it's at. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Paul is saying, look now, you, uh, keep in mind that we haven't arrived yet. Bible talks in Ecclesiastes about how God is in heaven, you on earth. So when you enter into the house of God, let your words be few. Don't come off in the house of God flapping your lips in any, any kind of way. God is in heaven. We are on earth. God is where we are trying to get. We haven't got there yet. Our names may be written there, but we haven't got there yet. God may have it for us, but we haven't got there yet. God had the promised land for the Israelites. Most of them didn't make it. So keep in mind that in this arena, in this walk, we have not yet taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Now, Paul said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how to move very well in your walk with God. Because every one of you under the sound of my voice, you are moving very you are either moving very well with your walk with God or you are not moving very well. I'm not gonna say you're not moving with God. No, I'm not gonna say that. You know, the Lord was dealing with me a little bit uh a few days ago in regards to the game of basketball. God was like, you know, and I'm just kinda having a paraphrase as I remember our discussion. The Lord was like, Robert, people in the NBA they play basketball, don't they? I was like, yes, Lord. And Lord was like, you know, people in college that play basketball, they they play basketball, don't they? I was like, yeah. He said, but it's not to the same level as those that are in the NBA. I was like, yeah. He said, people that are on the high school basketball team, they play basketball, right? I was like, yeah. He said, in middle school, yeah. In elementary, yeah. Even little peewee, even little peewee boys and girls, they play basketball. He was like, I was like, yeah, Lord, of course. He said, but those little peewees are not at the same level as those that are NBA. They don't train the same way. They don't they don't have the same diet. They don't spend the same amount of time in weights. They don't spend the same amount of time watching film. But they do play basketball. I was like, yeah, Lord, people play basketball just like NBA. And God says, so it is when it comes down to my people. God said, Robert, you need to understand everybody's not going to be at a certain level. That may be you or maybe somebody else is at. But they're still my people, even though they may be at a peewee level. And I was like, okay, Lord. The Lord was like, just kind of keep that in mind. I was like, all right, I thank you for that. You know, that was revelation to me. Pee wees, pee wees, pee wee basketball players, they basketball players too. You know, folk that 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 choose. You know, there's some folk out there. Some of y'all that choose not to worship every day and choose not to do them. You you Christian too. Paul even called the Corinthians what they arguing amongst themselves, selves, with their jealous of one another, self. Paul said, I, I still call you what? Brothers. <laughs> and what we have to keep in mind, because sometimes, like, like if you're in the NBA and your mindset, is you driven to the place where, the, you know, the NBA, the NBA mindset, if you're not careful, you, you can mess around and, and, and put too much on peewees. Somebody tell you, come in, I want an NBA. I got a friend of mine having a camp down in Atlanta right now. He got NBA players and stuff down there. Well, an NBA player that has any sense, he know he can't come in there with little peewees and give little peewees the same kind of stuff, all the same kind of stuff that NBA players is doing. Be too much for a peewee. So, you know, 
my brother, my peewee brothers and sisters out there, you know, we praise God. Now, what we're going to do, we encourage even little peewees to keep striving and be the best. If you're a peewee, be the best little peewee. And you, good peewees a lot of times move up to the next level. Good college players. We made it tomorrow night. Good friend of ours. Tonight. All right, tonight. Good friend of mine. His, his son was a, one of the best college players in the country. Might be the number one draft pick. You all watching the draft tonight. Look for Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Look, and look for his father, Donald. All right? Why? He was a good college player. And oftentimes, good, oftentimes, not always, good college players move up to the next level. So, so you know, God, whatever level we are on, God wants us to do the best we can there so that we can move on. Now, Paul says, look, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Now, Paul said this is something here that will help you move on. This is something here that will help you go to the next level in the things of God. Forgetting what is behind. Manasseh. Hmm? Joseph said, look, man, I don't got that stuff, man. I can't keep sitting around here dwelling on how bad y'all treated me, how bad y'all mistreated me. How y'all tried to stop me? How y'all tried to? I can't. I can't dwell on that stuff now. I, one of the things that I got more important things to do. Paul, I got bigger places. To be, I got other places to be. Forgetting. Now look at the ing. Forgetting. That means it's constant and continuous, just like walking. It's constant and continuous. So we have to actively work. Here it is. Some of you all under the sound of my voice. And some of you that I just dealt with today. You got to actively, constantly work. To forget that stuff in your past. Hmm? You got to actively work to forget them hurts and to forget them disappointments and forget them that treachery and forget that stuff now. Understand that walking is exercise in the natural. Forgetting is exercise in the spiritual. Uh oh. Now the same way you can be out of shape in the in the natural. You can be out of shape in the spiritual. Normally, why are we out of shape in the physical? Lack of exercise. And why is it that some of us get out of shape in the spiritual? Lack of spiritual exercise. This is just one. Forgetting is one. I, I, I got a list of, just like I can tell you, all right, we got the bench press, we got the curl, we got the leg press, we got our push-ups, we got our sit-ups. I can give you a whole list of exercises to get you right in the physical. I can give you a whole list of exercises that get spiritual exercises that will get you right in the spiritual. Forgetting is a forgetting what is behind is a spirit is just a spiritual exercise. Pressing, pressing on, that's a spiritual exercise. Oh, come on now, we go right over there right now and get on the bench press. Why? What is the bench press? You are pushing against weights that are constantly trying to come down on you. We got a bench press over there. We got a leg press over there. The weight is constantly trying to get you. You got to get it off you. God is saying, spiritually, pressing on is a spiritual what? Exercise. Prepare yourself for questions now because I'm going to ask you for about five spiritual exercises, and I might ask you for five physical exercises. We're talking about being in shape spiritually. God said, well, then there's exercises. There's things that you have to practice. There's things that you have to do. 
forgetting what is behind and straining, straining on, straining toward, straining toward your goal, straining toward the manifestation, straining. That's a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual, just like in your weightlifting, in your exercise, there'd be some time we'd be straining. That means you got to put a lot of force with that to, to get that to move or to do that. Straining toward what is ahead. Paul says, I press on. We just talked about pressing on, spiritual exercise, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Well, what is all this about? It's about getting heavenward. All of this pushing, all of this straining, all of this pressing on, it's about getting to heaven. And there are some things that you and I got to do to get to heaven. There are some things that you and I got to do to get in shape in the, in the natural. There's some things you and I got to do to get in shape in the spiritual. You think you're going to just be in shape in the natural? Something is wrong with you. Especially as you start getting older. Oh, my gosh. Gravity be fighting against you. I was looking at the thing last night because I messed around a couple times and forgot some stuff, went out the room and was looking for something and couldn't remember what I was looking for. Watched the program on last night. They talking about people as they get up around 50 with memory loss is a part of a part of the aging process. I got real, real nervous up on the arm. But then they talked about, <laughs> then they talked about how you can do mental exercises to help keep your mind sharp. That's part of the, part of the reason why I want to be in this word and, you know, we want to study and be remembering and hearing what God say so I don't mess around and get up here and, and, and can't remember nothing. Get up here, can y'all imagine? We get get on the keyboard playing music. Be like, man, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> be time to preach up here. Dick, be time to preach up here. Get up here and be like, mm. 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 <laughs> let us let us work in the physical, let us work in the spiritual so that we can be strong, so that we can be in good shape. Learning how to forget what's behind you, pushing and pushing and pressing on toward what God has for you. These are spiritual exercises. And look at verse 15. We're going to close out right here. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Now, if you out there on the sound of my voice talking about, ah, oh, Apostle, I just don't agree with that. Okay, no problem. Maybe that's just because, maybe that's because you're peewee. You're in the peewee. The key word, one of the things is mature. Well, normally you got to be mature to play in the NBA. They ain't just taking people out of the first grade and putting them in the NBA. Maybe you're a peewee out there. Hey, you still a brother. God done had to reveal that to me. They got some peewee brothers out there, peewee sisters. But we're talking about those of us who are mature. We should take such a view of things. And if it's on some point you think differently, ah, apostle, I just think differently. Well, that too, God, God will make it clear to you. God bless you. Heaven smile on you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you again. We pray that your people have been blessed, the preaching and teaching of your word. Thank you for your revelation, your inspiration. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Saints, let's get uh, a couple of questions I want to get. Give me uh, three spiritual exercises and three physical exercises. Don't skip no lines. Put all your questions right there, right one right under the other. Three physical, ex three uh, spiritual exercises, three physical exercises.
Explain, all right, question two, explain how Paul saw Manasseh and, and Ephraim in the New Testament. Explain, how did Paul see Manasseh and Ephraim in the New Testament? And number three, when you're dealing with folk that are not mature, what have you got to do sometimes? <laughs> When you're dealing with peewee, peewee's in the face, what you just got to do sometime. Now? Since you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check our website, www.ourchurch.com, backslash member, backslash t, backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on Talk Show, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 6 p.m. daily. On Talk Show, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Stern Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our Talk Show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you. In Jesus' name, amen.